Welcome to Cabin MinuteCast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one headless minute at a time. Mm. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Greetings, and I am Molly Balin, and in today's episode, we're covering minute 48 of the movie, The Cabin in the Woods, and in this minute, the rest of the crew sees the unfortunate results of Jules meeting with the oh, Buckners. Yeah. They, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is another action-packed minute, so we see in other sort of zombie, especially zombie movies, like think of Night of the Living Dead, when they're in the house and they're, you know, packing it up or, you know, in other films, of Mm -hmm. course, where you're in that, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, we've got to start closing things up and and keeping things out. And Dana doesn't know quite exactly what's going on, which makes sense. So she's like opening the front door and they're Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. (laughs) They're like, no, girl, no, no. You you need to go get a hammer and nails and, and... And help us out here. You don't need to go run out into the night. So yeah, she does not, she does not understand. And her reaction to Kurt saying, we got to get out of here is like, whoa, hey, no, 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 no. So she isn't really connecting what happened to Jules yet. She gets that she's gone, but she doesn't understand like what that really means and shock and obviously didn't see her get killed and all of that. So she's like, I'm going to open up the front door of which you all have been running from and go check that shit out. So, of course, Dana opens the door. I'm not leaving here without Jules. And Marty's like that dead girl's out there. And she opens up the door and Matthew Buckner is waiting for them. Yes. And he fills the door With his, you know, his whole body. He's real goopy and gloppy looking. Oh, my God. I mean, kind of like, you know, if it was a romance, it'd be like, oh, I'm just coming in from a rainy night. But it's it's not that. It's who knows what that goo and glop is on him. And the porch light is on behind him. And yeah, he does that thing again where his head is down and he moves it up. That seems to be his signature move his head head tilts (laughs) he's kind of the strong silent type (laughs) and then yeah they you know there's some gory but comical stuff going on in this minute like he straight up tosses tosses Jules' head right into dana's arms yeah who catches it and that kind of is surprising to me because I mean, she just has like these amazing lightning reflexes of there's a zombie throwing something at me. I'm going to catch it. Just there. Bam. And of course, she kind of rolls the head up and, and it's and it's jewels. And then there's the moment of recognition. And of course, she like tosses it and screams. But I mean, I don't know, again, because like I think I've talked about this before, I'm not really a graceful creature. But I don't know if, if there was a zombie at the door who threw something at me. I would really feel, first of all, really proud of myself mm-hmm. I would, that I would catch something. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be a a really mixed moment of pride and then a lot of sadness because I'm holding my friend's head. But she seems to be really, I don't know, the reflexes are good, really adept there at catching things. So Yeah, it's like you said, think fast and threw a ball and she caught it, you know, just an instinct, pure instinct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it's a good, a good quick little scene again some great acting here amongst everybody where she squares the face up to her of jewels so she sees very clearly 
oh my god, I'm holding Jules's head. And then just behind her, you see Kurt looking too in horror. And mm-hmm. and then she tosses, tosses the head and it bounces a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I like this too, because like Evil Dead... Evil Dead's got a lot wackier and slapsticky. And I mm-hmm. like that this yeah. isn't that, but I like that there's just just the little bounce. It kind of gives that, <laughs> you know, like there's a little bit of, of comedy there, I think. Yeah. And even the way that Marty talks, you know, he says later on, he says, I saw a young girl all zombied like him, but she was missing an arm. And I'm kind of jumping ahead mm-hmm. a bit, but just saying all zombied like him is like pretty funny. And the little head bounce is pretty funny, too. I I thought anyways. Because it is awkward because they don't really know what's going on. They've been thrust in this situation. And so that's part of the horror of it is look here, take it. And I just was thinking like Matthew Buckner was trucking through the woods, holding her head, right? He's just like, I'm going through the woods. I'm going through the woods. Do, 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 do. And right. he just, and he, and he's at the door, just like he's just ready to walk through the door. Like he's not, there's no stealth to the man. He's just big and greasy. <laughs> right. You know, even though it looks like Marty's, there's some shutters. Like, how did you interpret that? Like, they're the wooden shutters and the windows, and he was trying to kind of lock them up, you know, between last minute and this minute to, right. to secure them. Is that is that kind of what your impression was as well? Yeah, I was thinking that he was going into that mode of, like, we've got to secure the area, you know? Mm. Yeah, i got to secure the perimeter, so to speak. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, you're right. There is that... I don't know if it's a trope. I think it just kind of makes sense that if you have some being that's trying to storm the castle, so to speak, you're going to have to take measures to fortify your space. Yeah, I think it's both. I think it's uh, it's an obvious thing to do and a trope because we've seen these movies where people do it all the time. So it's kind mm-hmm. of I, I like that because it's like, oh, this is a familiar reaction is that we're going to batten down the hatches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sort this out. So they they don't come in and they don't do what Dana did, which is just I need to go figure out what happened. And I'm just gonna open up the door and then there's going to be this big dead bastard on the other side of it <laughs> with, my, with my friend's head. So yeah, so after uh, God, what do they they don't really do anything with the head after this, do they? What did they? Is the head just like chilling in the living room? Well, we'll have to see. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, I mean, she tosses it and then it's action mode because Kurt takes a running leap to the front door and Holden follows him. And like you said, Marty has got the shutters and then they kind of called Dana in because they need to get that door closed. She runs up and helps them shut it so that they're able to latch it and secure it. So so I don't think they have time to think about what what to do with the head at that moment <laughs> to answer your yeah. question. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here because they're going to, you know, eventually want to get out of the cabin and have to get out of the cabin. But the head just kind of stays there, you know? Well, unless it's, uh, you know, the head from uh, the thing where it grows its own legs and can <laughs> tootle on off on its own. I guess that's all the, the head can do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just I, I hadn't thought about that until this moment of like, God, they, it just it just hangs out there. She tosses it, and that's that's kind of it. That's the end of the story for that head. As far yeah, as it is the, as far as we know, that is the end of that story for that head. So yeah, the the guys attempt to to barricade the door. 
you know, he's a big bastard. So he's, he's pushing on it. And Kurt's trying to kind of punch at Matthew because he's, he's pushing in the door. And that's when Kurt's like, Hey, Dana, come on, you know, you gotta, gotta help us. And so they can get the, the door shut and, and latched and yeah. So it's kind of interesting, this next shot that comes up where it's just the four of them backing away from the door of, oh my God, what what are they? You know, what is that thing? Yeah, and I like it because it's sort of a the hero shot. Mm, yeah. Similar to when they're all looking down, when, when w- they're all looking into the cellar. We're missing jewels now, but before there was that hero shot that I said was kind of like the Avengers or something where, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your team assembled yeah, and uh, Avengers assemble, but um, now mm-hmm. they're one down and there's actually even a little bit of a space between Holden and Marty where ostensibly Jules would have been. No. Yeah. So, so here's our team, but we're one, one down. Yeah. It's sad. And yeah, they're reassessing. So they're like, okay, last time we were all standing like this, <laughs> we were thinking one thing like, hmm, I wonder why that cellar door just popped open. And now Kurt is covered in mostly Jules's blood and who else, you know, who knows what else he got off of those guys. Oh. And everybody else is kind of just slightly dise- disheveled. Yeah, I would even say that um, Holden's almost in in a, a superhero stance because his arms are sort of clenched to the side and he's like kind of ready to pounce or something. So everybody's yeah, everybody's in sort of action mode the way their ha- their arms are flailed mm-hmm. out and they're just like, huh. you know, they're like at that, huh? Like what? Are, what? Where are we gonna go next? <laughs> what are we gonna do? How do we need to be? But they're like ready for action. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's everyone's uh, well by necessity at high alert now. Right. And uh, and you had mentioned this a little bit ago, where <laughs> Marty has that great line about I saw a young girl all zombied like him, meaning the Matthew, the big guy at the door, but she was missing an arm. So this is where we get the connection that these are the Buckners. And Dana makes the connection between that and the diary by saying, oh, my God, patience, the diary. So there's that that recognition of like, oh, my God, it's them. And that's a point where Kurt's like, look, you know, we got to lock the place down. We'll go room by room, barricade every window and door. And so that's kind of where we leave the minute at is that there's the the recognition that they're in trouble and they're going to have to, as you said, batten down the hatches and and take care of business. Yeah. And I like how Dana has the wherewithal to put the pieces together, Mm -hmm. that that's who it is. And also that the way they're showing her, you can see she's got tears down her face, you know, tears that have been streaming down her face. I just, I like that touch. Yeah. And what I, I also like in this moment is like, no one's judging. No one's judging. Meaning that, no one's judging her because she's the one who read it. Like no one's, oh, no one's ascribing yeah. any blame to her. This would be a point where if you were going to kind of fall apart, you know, really Marty can be like, I told you so. Right. It could be a blame, blame game situation. Yeah. I mean, not that that was anyone's intention to bring about something horrible, but it could be like, hey, man, saw it, told you so. And, and here we are. But they're really quite focused on survival at this point, And it doesn't go there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Really good point. Yeah. So that kind of that leaves us where we're at. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about for this minute? No, I think it's a pretty 
that and the one before it are pretty action-filled minutes. And as we were talking off mic, this really is the tip of the iceberg of really for the next 45 minutes, these guys are going to be running, really running for their lives. And so it's interesting to me that we're, you know, essentially halfway through the movie and we're really just starting the horror portion of this, right. like the real horror portion of it. So, you know, for the next 45 minutes, it's going to be roller coaster. So buckle in, kitties. Buckle in, buckle up, buckle up. <laughs> so shall we move on to our recommendations? Yes, we shall. And what is your fine recommendation for this fine Friday? Well, I found another fine flick that has a cabin in the woods <laughs> <laughs> and is also a horror flick. I had been it had been recommended to me m- quite much and I'd seen stills from it and it excited me and I saw it and I loved it just as much as I thought I would and that is The Love Witch. Oh, interesting. Do tell. Oh my god. So it's a feast for the eyes hmm. and it came out in 2016. The Love Witch is directed by a woman named Anna Biller, B I L L E R. She also wrote it. So she wrote it, she directed it. She also did the costume design, the set design, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I forget. But if you look, let's see, somebody, one of the reviewers on IMDb wrote, Anna Biller not only directed this film, but wrote the screenplay, designed costumes, painted set pieces, recorded music, and even wove a pentagram rug. So she like, damn, she really, she really crafty, crafted the motherfucker out of this nice. movie. And you, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, similar to the one I suggested last week, it follows. This one hearkens to another time, but is actually timeless. Mm. So it's shot and in the style of a 60s or 70s sort of sex romp, sexploitation, Russ Myers, pulpy, you know, faster pussycat go-go sort of a vibe to it. It also has the color, the technicolor, Suspiria, super saturated colors of something from the 60s or 70s horror. Mm. It's simply gorgeous to look at the lead character is a witch and so she's you know part of a coven Mm -hmm. and but it's all kind of done in this sort of campy style and she has that beautiful look of early 70s uh clothing and hair and you know like the most beautiful blue eyeshadow i've ever Mm. seen i love the costuming and the set design it's just absolutely fun and you know, hearkens to that time. And yet somebody pulls a cell phone out at a certain point. So again, it's not like a perfect replica of the early 70s. It's it's just uh, in love with that stuff. Hmm. And so she really, yeah, and it's not a parody of the 70s or 60s. It's just, it's simply inspired by, I would say. But it's got humor and it's got, it's it's really deeply feminist as mm-hmm. well. And and. and it's funny, it's gory, but it's that kind of like campy gore of the early 70s and late 60s. So it's not like disgusting, but it's kind of, you know, that kind of red blood color of that that era is very different. Mm. You know, it's a little bit more ketchup-y, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 
Totally. Wow. That sounds really cool. Yes. It's really cool. And another thing that you might find fun, um, at least I did, was that it's mostly shot in Eureka, oh, California. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so as we as she pulls in, you're like, oh my God, if you're familiar with Eureka at all, you're, you kind of recognize the, the sets, the scenes, you know. Yeah. Seek it out, everybody. The Love Witch. If that type of movie sounds good to you, I think you'll really like awesome. it. Awesome. Yay. Fun recommendation. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> did you see that through Netflix, Amazon? Where'd you check that out at? You know, I think, yeah, it's available on Amazon. And where else is available? Yeah, Prime. You can do Amazon Prime. Nice. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can check it out there. Cool. Cool. Thanks for asking. I always like to point people to where they can actually get something. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Because I, I think since I'm going to be seeing some vacation time soon, that might be a, a good way to spend that. So thank you. So and comedically, my recommendation is what we do in the shadows. Oh, yeah. 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 So I've watched that so many times, but I really, I really, really dig it. And it, it's again one of those movies that just came out with such good timing that probably when that it really needed to strike where the iron was hot and when it came out it just was so perfect within the cultural zeitgeist at the time so for those of you who have not seen what we do in the shadows it is a new zealand jam so it's uh jermaine clement who if you checked out flight of the concords you'll recognize him from that and then taika waititi who is the director of thor ragnarok but you'll see a lot of that sense in what we do in the shadows and it is about a house full of vampires that are doing basically like a documentary. So it's like a reality show type of a thing almost. And so there, there's a camera crew that has been given sanctuary to not be eaten and to, to run around and like videotape them so that you can see, you know, who they are and their dynamics in the household. And it's just completely comedic and hilarious. But the other thing about this movie that's really amazing that given that it is a comedy, it does take the horror and the vampire genre seriously and the fx to it are fantastic there's some really amazing special effects that they that they put in this and that just sell it in in such a wonderful way so not only and just the the physical comedy is really great too so there's also some excellent bram stoker dracula references in it and yeah it's it's really fantastic so if you haven't seen it yeah i totally agree i really like it it's a great recommendation for people for people who i think like this movie mm -hmm. and also the previous podcast I did was for Spinal Tap. And so it has that kind of a vibe to it too, in that it's a documentary mm -hmm. about, you know, these guys that are taking themselves seriously as vampires and each one has a different personality and a different style and different way of costuming themselves. And it's it's modern, but some of them, you know, dress a little bit old more old school and it's so funny and it's great. So that's a great recommendation. Yay. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. There's tropes, vampire tropes that the different characters are imbu are imbued with. So Peter is uh, like a Nosferatu and the oldest of them all. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Vladislav <laughs> is, is the more traditional Bram Stoker Dracula. And yeah, 
there's there's young upstarts who are kind of like there's a, a, a Louie interview with a vampire style. Right. Yeah, it's funny. That's great. I'm glad. You, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a good. It is a goodie. Yeah, <laughs> you're totally right. Yeah. If you enjoy this movie, Cabin in the Woods, and you enjoy Spinal Tap, then yeah, this is this will be two thumbs right up your alley too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that note shall we thumb our ways right out of this alley for the day yes yes we shall (laughs) yay so i wanted to give a quick shout out to aloha screwdriver our outro music is provided by aloha screwdriver and you can find them at alohascrewdriver.com they do kind of a surf guitar futuristic retro cool fun music and they're really talented great guys and uh so if you're interested in who did the music that is our outro music that's aloha screwdriver and then also uh another shout out to the pod fathers of this genre pete and alex from star wars minute and also just a reminder that if you want to see and get links to and discover all the different movies by minute podcasts you go to moviesbyminutes.com that's moviesbyminutes.com you can see a current list of all of the movies by minutes podcasts that are out there doing their thing and uh that's all sweet thank you all for tuning in to episode 48 and we will see you back at the cabin 